could be a guy. How's it going, co-host? <laughs> Good. Did you just wake up? What's up? I did take a little nap. <laughs> I didn't fall asleep, but I was lying down. Mm, you crazy nap people. I was resting. Yeah. But now I'm ready. Ready for full impact. Part three of five covering Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. Yes, this is our uh, midpoint, if you will. Yeah. This is going to be a nice, nice little easy one. Um, I'm thinking. I agree. And so it'll be nice to switch it up a little bit. But one thing's for sure, there's certain things that we can't switch up. Um, that being that I am one of your co-hosts, Nick, and the other being that my, the other co-host is you, Allison. That's it. You know, so many words come to mind. It's hard to pick just one. <laughs> A plethora, if you will. Mm-hmm. Several. Many. But let's get going. Uh, we left off previously um, right as the Wunder was rounding around the edge of the Black Moon uh, to get a clear shot of Nerf HQ, upon which they then fired their um, sortie of missile battleship things. Uh, and that was uh, opening up a space. Now they can see that Unit 13 has not reawoken yet. And so now it's Mari and Asuka's turn to uh, kick some ass. And kick ass, they do. They do. They start falling through a swarm of these smaller looking Avas um, that have skulls for faces, which is... An interesting design choice. Yeah, but it, and from a distance though, it almost kind of looks like bullets. I thought, you know, like they were being shot at, but they were getting through it. I don't know. That was kind of the image. It. Yeah, of, like they don't seem like that much of a threat, but right. there are Many. a lot of them. <laughs> yes, yes, to say the least. Um, Shitstorm of them. Yeah, and at some point, I'm I'm just thinking, I'm like. Where did they get the materials <laughs> for all these guys? <laughs> That's an excellent question, Nick. That's an excellent question. Uh, I'm like, are Gendo and Futsuki just in a little makeshift production line, just cranking them out by hand? I mean, I I, I got to imagine you've got some sort of assembly line happening, uh, but the just the materials to get it all, like, where are you? Who are you doing? Because it only seems to ever be uh, glasses and number two. Like, I mean, what? Do they have like some secret layer somewhere where they're hiding all their workforce? I don't know. Looks like somebody's working hard. Yeah. And I like, I know that Gendo and Futsuki are so boring, specifically Gendo, but I like how some of their contraptions have really interesting um, designs, like such as these ones. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm imagining Futsuki in his own headcanon being like, oh, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make their head a skull just to be spooky this is gonna intimidate my foes <laughs> and i'm gonna make so many of them <laughs> yeah i'd like to be in that r d room <laughs> so 
Asuka and Mari are falling down. Asuka is flipping through different weapons. You know, they get damaged. She chases them out. Uh, she gets new stuff. Her upgraded unit two is packed full of missiles and uh, rockets and all sorts of goodies. Uh, Mari seems to be kind of giving her the, the different weapons. I'm not really sure what she's using to, to fight them off. Maybe she's just brawling it hand to hand. I don't know. Uh, yeah, she seems to be pretty agile and, and more the cover for Asuka. Like, she seems to be fighting off all of these people while Asuka tries to um, break through to Unit 13. Yeah. So that's what we got up here. Um, eventually, the Infinity Avas, which are the ones with the skull, um, they swarm and they make this, like, drill-looking shape. And then we get a uh, confrontation between the Swarm of Infinity Avas and Mari and Asuka's dual AT field action, which is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're, we're back to uh, the AT fields again. And if you wouldn't mind reminding our listeners again what an AT field is, Nick. An AT field would probably be best described as a, uh, a force field that resides from a living being. Um, in the canon, even humans have AT fields that are just really weak. Um, and so um, angels and Avas are able to create these uh, and use them as weapons. And I believe this, I know we've seen the pilots use AT fields in conjunction with one another, but I think this is the first time I've seen two of them kind of combine into one attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yes. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. I mean, I know we, I mean, we haven't had a, a collab Ava attack in a, in a minute. So just to kind of refresh our memories as to what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely. Good call. So that dual AT field attack does the job. Um, Mari and Oscar are able to land on Nerf HQ successfully. Um, but shortly after they are intercepted by these um, strange arm leg things <laughs> arm leg thing it looks like an enemy out of like an old zelda game or maybe like resident evil or something and i was thinking about it and in terms of um actually let me pull up the the name of these things uh technology at the click of a button mm. Sure, actually. I have to come back on that one. Okay, well, if, I, if any of our listeners know the answer and want to let us know, you know where to find us, fullimpactpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, but they're really cool. And I think in terms of like a weapon that is meant to just slow you down and not really perform a specific task, these um, weird things... Um, with the two legs, you know, it makes them very mobile. And then they have, it looks like at least one or two arms with a knife to attack. And like, that's pretty much all there is to them. Yeah. It's a lot of bouncing around and slashing and not a lot of area for you to defend against. True. Maybe, and I assume that's by design. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a great yeah. design and super annoying. I'd be really <laughs> annoying fighting those. <laughs> Yes, be a little frustrating. 
But uh, Mari takes on that and Asuka hops down to investigate Ava 13. Um, let me see here, looking at me notes before we move on. <laughs> well, she's, she goes, puts a dagger or some sort of weapon into 13. Now, Ava 13, again, just to kind of callbacks and stuff here. Um, is this the god Ava? They referred, they, they refer, refer to, to it. it as that. Okay. I'm assuming because of what it's capable of, not because of like, I don't think it created anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, Asuka tries to destroy it with a specially made dagger plug of sorts. Um, and it's stopped by an AT field. And we're at first led to believe this is Ava 13 defending itself. Um, but then we find out that it is instead the improved part of uh, Ava Unit 2 using its own AT field to stop Asuka from um, harming Unit 13. So it's kind of like counteracting her AT field. Yes. Um, which I just suppose brings up a lot of questions um, because, I mean, we, we know that Gendo and Nerf made Unit 13. So if, if we're running with how things have gone in the past, then I'm assuming that this is my own hand cannon. It's a speculation. I don't, it's not confirmed anywhere as far as I know that with Unit 2 that we have here, we have old Unit 2, you know, that's Asuka's mom with Asuka as the pilot. And then they've used parts from a previous Ava, you know, Ava parts to build onto it. And that's like the green military looking portion of it. Mm -hmm. And so I, what I'm thinking is that that green military portion of it has a somewhat will of its own, much like all the other Avas do, you know, they have a soul right. um, and that it's, this soul that is fearful of unit 13. And I'm assuming that it's fearful of it because of something it can sense. Cause I don't know how it would have been, would have known about unit 13 prior since it isn't something that's like existed for a long time. Right. Um, so I guess that this, you know, is a good example of the Ava's as a organic being. And also that like, they can sense other things and that unit 13 must be something special if it's giving off this sort of aura that, uh, right. you know, it can be picked up. Like Evangelion's version of the force. Yeah. Like they just like, or like when in like <laughs> scary movies, when like the dog runs away first, cause it can like sense that something's yes. off. Yes. Yes. Intuition. Yes, indeed. But yeah, so that's what I'm thinking is happened here. Okay. Do you concur? I concur. Yes. Amazing. Okay. We're on the same page. Okay, fantastic. So I believe it's at this point that we kind of switch and we get into the opening of uh, looking onto the site of the second impact, right? Right. Yes, correct. Yes. So they were in this enormous it must have been an enormous orb or something because the bottom 
of it opened up and that's what we're looking onto. Right. Um, and it has this really cool symbol laid out on it. Um, I can't, I couldn't find anything on it. I'm, I think it's might just be cool looking design. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, maybe the artist uh, took some artistic freedom in that one, but it was very cool. And the rings that come out of it, like just kind of focusing you in on it. It was really, that was really dope. Yes. And we see, you know, the other chips, the other nerve strips, uh, I'll try to get them again here. We got Gebet, Erlusong, and Erbsund. Erbsund? I don't know. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those are the other ones. And so we get them, you know, doing their part to take down Wunder and open up the bottom of this so they can start doing their dastardly plan. Right. And let's let's also make a note of the fact that um, we keep seeing a very intense Miss M, right? Like barking orders and like she's she's really not fucking around at this point. Um, I just want to make that (laughs) that assessment just because I love her. And um, I I think that she of all the like character arcs, like I feel like I, I, I really like hers the best. And it's just showing now it, it, her intensity being the, she's the captain of the ship, right? So she's taking command of it and all of this stuff is happening. And I, I don't know, I just, I really liked those up close shots of her and her fucking cool ass hat. Um, <laughs> so I figured that was worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely doing her part here. She's like, this is our last stand and she's taken it seriously and thus far she's made some pretty great uh tactical decisions considering uh everything they have going against them yes yes agreed uh but i guess fiutsuki has just a little bit more tact because his ambush with the fourth ship from underneath them was chef's kiss uh yeah i mean chalk went up to the bad guys but yeah definitely yeah, didn't see that one coming, and, and they got the, and they're sh- why did they have to make the other ships look so cool with their blue crystals and their <laughs> <I> sharp <know>. edges? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but yep, right out from underneath them. Mm-hmm. So then we cut back to Asuka, and she's you know failing to get the spear through um, the AT field on her own, and so she uh, has to. Uh, sort to other methods and she uses a backdoor code called triple nine and uh, we've seen backdoor codes i think the first time we saw them was in 2.22 um i think it was mari using it on unit two mm-hmm. um so this is like a new concept and i like i think it's cool it's like <laughs> having a cheat code for the ava <laughs> yeah like a b a b up down up down yeah <laughs> Or like jailbreaking your iPhone. Yes, yes. Whichever generation of you, each of those relates to, it's basically the same. A little backdoor cut that, you know, like uh, breaking case of emergency type of situation. Yes. So, and so she pulls pulls her eye patch down and her eye is all colorful and very cool looking and she rips out a little mini... Uh, pillar, a little mini L containment field. 
thing here from her eye um rips it out um which you know just more more things to be answered here yeah and it's just badass looking too you know like her angry face this eye opening up she's just tearing it out like she's i gotta give props to oscar she's she's quite the fighter so here's what i'm thinking here if we're thinking we're looking at this and we're like yes it looks cool but what is happening (laughs) yeah yeah so i'm thinking in 2.22 i think it was 2.22 when it happened Asuka was the one inside of the Ava that got taken over by the angel, whereas in the original series, it was Toji. Mm-hmm. And during that time, she was contaminated by the angel. And I believe they kept her in a little space, little containment field after they had rescued her. And I think that that had implications. I think that infected her. And so now she has essentially like angel blood in her. You know, she's not completely completely human so this um pillar that they stuck in her i'm assuming kept the angel properties under control whether that be from being detected by you know i'm assuming that the other people at uh vila or yeah don't know about this and so it's like a secret and it's supposed to keep things under wraps and also probably keep her safe Mm -hmm. and so her pulling this out is kind of unleashing this hidden power that came from her being infected by the angel and we're going to see how that plays into her backdoor code and her use of unit two right so she's she's essentially um like pulling the pin on a grenade but yeah at this point isn't it mentioned too that her her humanity is also in the balance here because of this because it's going to change her in a way correct yeah i guess it's it's like i she's she knows that she's going to be able to do some damage here but we don't really know what the consequences are going to be entirely Mm -hmm. and they might be quite drastic right um so this you know kind of I don't want to say overloads and you know given that we don't have anything published or written actually explaining exactly what's happening you know like with the previous films you know we have them on blu-ray and they I think all of them came with a little booklet that was helpful we had you know this movie's not out yet so we don't really have any kind of actual writing off of it um but I'm assuming that that you know letting her angel self i don't like how that sounds but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i gotta dig it letting it out along with you know the soul of her mother running unit two is gonna give them the extra oomph to really get shit done kind of and you know how like in previously with like unit one when it was breaking out of its armor and they'd be like oh it's breaking past its restrictors and all that stuff you know kind of like no holds barred i think we're seeing a similar situation here with asuka but with even more power well or i don't know enough power to get the job done unit this unit two versus you know full power unit one i don't know that'd be a battle for sure battle to see um i'd have to think on that one maybe next episode i will have an answer i'll think on it 
and I'll come up with a defense for next time. All right, we'll hold you to that. But we see that she gets to use the same sort of powers. You know, she creates that arm out of light and, you know, the, the jaw rips open. We see the teeth, we see the eyes pulling themselves out of this like carcass, you know, the remnants of the other parts of the unit into this huge, gosh, it's like, it's like an Ava beast. Yeah. It doesn't look like a particular animal or anything, but it's very cool. It is very cool. The the coloring, like the, the colors in it, the way it's kind of almost iridescent and rainbowy, um, I thought was really dope. I, I, I really. Yeah, I mean, the graphics and the color scheme, you know, yes. perfect. You know, it, it goes so well with their, their plug suits too. Agreed. Very colorful. Love it. Gotta match up the fit. Yep. So Asuka goes in for her final blow. You know, we're like big bad unit two god Asuka is gonna whoop this thing. Uh, bet. <laughs> Eyes popped oh. open. Done. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, Recl- <laughs> uh, yeah. Reclaiming the uh, title of the god Ava. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, 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 but I, I was just so upset for Asuka, you know, like, I don't know. And, and, you know, that Gendo is behind all of this and it's just, it made me mad. The scene made me mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I want, but the thing's so badass, like uh, the four arms like holding her and then just like the precision of the one hand to just shoot right up there and grab the entry plug. Yep. And then, I mean, and then from there we get, you know, Oscar V Oscar in the entry plug here. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think? I don't know. I know this is a big question. <laughs> when you're watching this scene with Oscar talking to this, what appears to be younger, old Oscar, or, you know, young Asuka, what do you think's happening? <laughs> I, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I, I, I wasn't sure if it was young Asuka or if it was supposed to be like Asuka's equivalent to, who was Shinji's boy there? What was his name again? Taura. Yes. Like, you know, uh, making her feel okay about her decision, you know, even though <laughs> it's probably going to end in tragedy, it's like almost easing her conscience, like her, her, um, you know, calmness manifested into another being is kind of the way I saw it. Okay. I can see that. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure what I believe, honestly. Um, I guess I lean towards one of two options. Um, the first one is that instead of something like instead of her mother being in the Ava or maybe just in addition to, I'm wondering if when shit went down with the angel Ava previously, if something with Asuka's soul got fucked up. And maybe they put part of it in uh, unit two to supplement it. And like kind of now we have this, you know, angel-y 
Asuka instead, or if I'm wondering if it just had such a, you know, that event had such an impact on her that her psyche kind of split where we had old, um, you know, childlike, optimistic-ish Asuka, and then this cold, angel, military-esque Asuka, and so now in this scenario, we're having the two of those kind of duke it out for who has the better narrative no yeah i i definitely the latter i agree with i think it's it's her kind of almost internal struggle manifested into this other being because it's very it's very calm and she's like fighting it the whole time so it's like yeah two sides of her coin and and who's going to win the soul yeah and you know it it saves her it pulls her out of the dss choker and you know it. Who, who uh, without that young-looking Oscar there, you know she's Oscar's generally a very prideful person. She might have just stayed there and yes, died. Died with the ship. Yep. And it's a good thing she got out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I believe after that, um, we have we go back to the Wunder, um, where we have a captain or pre-made you know production line captain um that's kind of starting to take over the wounder like we saw uh in 3.33 i think where it has like that blue goop coming out of it yeah don't they they say it's like some new ava that spreads like a disease i think is the way they describe it yeah i mean this thing pops up and you know within seconds practically yep has the whole thing yeah and you can see and you can't see it entirely but like i don't know exactly how it's arranged how it's set up but there's a giant i believe there's a giant entry plug in the wunder and the control you know the bridge is like in that so mm-hmm. when it starts getting taken over and they're like eh, we're not, we can't do this the uh, entry plug kind of slides out of position so that they can escape. Mm. Gotcha. I think. Okay. Because we see like a big thing slide down, and the bottom pops open. Yep. And and everything says Zile like comes up after everything um, shuts down, then comes back up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Baldi, and then that guy Baldy. Well, I'm calling him Baldy. One of the guys on the bridge. Um, he, he mentions them being in a pickle, which I just kind of thought was funny. Like a pickle is like something like an, you know, an everyday kind of thing. <laughs> this is far from a pickle, dude. <laughs> it's a big pickle. <laughs> yes. It's a large kosher dill pickle. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that was awfully like an awfully, you know, uh, flippant comment for such an important event, but I yeah, for sure. So the captain that pops up on the ship here that's taking over the Wunder does so successfully. And, and it, it's using, or at least I, I believe it's using Unit 1, who's still, you know, attached to the Wunder, mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, working with the other three ships and they're doing that to further Nerf's plan and open the uh, 
the doors of guff or the gates of guff mm-hmm. um which obviously is very different from how we thought they could open prior and throughout even just in this series of the movie this part of the movie that we cover in this episode gendo talks about like prophecies and kind of scenarios and options that were you know either in the dead sea scrolls or related to that that we like didn't know about and this whole scenario that's happening is like one of those mm-hmm. uh, which just makes it our job a lot harder because we really thought we had everything down for the tv series and then we they just you know start piling new stuff yep then they start kicking you in the teeth and there's also you know, this this there's a lot of information that that comes at us very quick in these next few um scenes here so also i, I will make a quick mention about the background music that's happening throughout these scenes um it's kind of soap opery, but it's it's really i, I don't know it kind of caught me and it just it was very again they have this way of using this like calm, peaceful music during these like kind of really dark moments, which I really like the contrast of that. So I just wanted to call that out. Good job on whoever. Yeah, the music yeah. does not miss. No, it doesn't. It, it, it hits for sure. Uh, so with the four ships in conjunction with one another, um, they're activating their plan. The Black Moon, which, you know, was this kind of, it looked like a, an, an apple that was mostly eaten except for the core honestly <laughs> um that splits in two and forms this helix this giant helix um which was not expected that wasn't the plan as far as that's what we're told um and as it's so massive it just wrecks through the little nerf hq pyramid thing and then as that uh unfolds then we get a nice one-on-one between Gendo and Misato here. I, I like to call it the showdown. Gendo v. Miss M. Yeah. And I love how Gendo and Misato are doing like the classic cool guy movie stuff where they're like, and now I will do my plan. And then Ritsuko's just like, rap, rap. <laughs> yep. She comes in gangsta. <laughs> Yeah, and she don't miss. She no right no. in the head. Yep, yep, one in the head, right off the jump. I mean, you got to give it to Lab Coat. She's got pretty, pretty damn good aim. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this the first time, being like, "Shit, yeah. she really just killed Gendo." That's what I said too. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, this bitch isn't playing," and just out of nowhere, and like, there's yeah, it just it was pretty gangster. That's for sure. Yeah, and sure enough, I should have known better. Gendo pops back up, sans back of his head. Yeah. And, you know, pl- plucks a nice little helping, a little dollop of his brain and <laughs> throws it back into the bowl there. <laughs> Just going to set that here real quick. <laughs> and then, you know, we see if you thought his visor was cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Now his see-through head is uh, making a, an appearance. I like to call it his perma glasses. Yes. And, you know, when you look at it head on, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool looking. But the fact that it actually goes in, like it has depth to it and you can see it on the side. Yes. Amazing. But it, I love it. It, it also mimics the, 
like the crosses that come out of the ground with the angels, right? Like it's just a smaller version of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he pops back up and he starts spouting. We get a lot of exposition here. Yes, a lot, a lot. Yes. So we'll kind of break it down. So let's start with the key of Nebuchadnezzar, which, you know, don't get your hopes up. There's not much on it. We saw it, I think, in the first one, the first rebuild film that popped up. Um, instead of seeing the body of Adam, that's what um, Kaji delivered to Gendo. Um, and it looked much different. I don't know which one I prefer. I think they're both pretty cool looking. What do you think? Thoughts? Uh, I don't know. The letter, I guess. Um, so we know that it's a artifact of, of some value. um and apparently it can has quite little trick to it and we find out that gendo had used this key to surpass his own humanity and making him what seems to be essentially akin to an angel or a god um which if if he wasn't such a dick it'd be a lot cooler i know exactly yikes first of all yeah, with absolute power comes absolute corruption, and I feel like this is headed in that direction. Yes, and um, you know, before we keep going in here, also when the black moon was turning into the spears, they referred to um, an artificial Lilith, um, which you know further supports that the scenario that's playing out here is a separate one from. Uh, like end of Evangelion as opposed to a replacement one like it's a it's a different plan they both exist but this is a newer one that uh, they're going with in this film got it uh so and Gendo essentially has control of unit 13 it's just chilling like that yep and he's gonna kill Asuka to do it yeah, that was that was kind of like the whole plan from the beginning. This was all kind of a trap to get Asuka, right? Yeah. Hindsight, yes. Now, and I'm thinking here here's some some big brain time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm gonna go on a limb here. So we've seen Unit 13 turn the white in the last film. And it was after Shinji and Kaora got in it and they essentially absorbed the or ate the core of an angel that was kind of nesting nearby in the form of a, an Ava. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that much like then, Unit 13 has the um, fruit of knowledge like we do, like... Um, like Lilith. And so in order to attain this godlike status that we need to, you know, do something such as an impact, it needs the fruit of life as well. And since Asuka is kind of an angel now, taking her entry plug and absorbing that is what's going to do the trick. Right. Now, I'm not sure if it was this part or not, but um, Gendo explains the reason for these impacts, like to purify the ocean, to purify the earth, and to purify souls. 
So this has been, I mean, and we've known this all along. I mean, pretty much since the beginning that he's had this sinister plan or some, you know, godlike plan in his mind. But the amount of planning and descriptiveness that he talks about in this whole thing, this very short amount of time is, is pretty impressive in my opinion, regardless of its outcome. I think he's he's put his absolute heart and soul literally into this project. So, I mean... Yeah. Even, he, though, <laughs> even though we have some negative feelings toward him, I think we can give him credit for that. He's a, he's a weird guy, but if you're doing a group project, you want him on his team. You want I him mean, on your team. <laughs> yeah, he's basically going to do all the work for you. So, you, you just show up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're right. They mentioned the impacts and their purpose um, for those who are curious why they don't mention the first impact. The first impact was just a meteor hitting earth and that's it. It wasn't anything to do with the angels. Um, and so the second impact was the first actual um, angel caused incident. That was the one with Kaji. Artificially caused rather than natural. Yes. Artificially caused. And that was the one with uh, Misato's, father right. and his team down in Antarctica that's the place that they're above right now um and then the um that was the second one the third one purified the earth um and that was the oh goodness really testing me here why am I blanking on this what are you thinking of which one when would did the third happen uh, wasn't that after all three of them after, after this last movie, wasn't it? Not the last one, but oh my goodness. Yes, I, I think you're right. I think yes. you're right because, and I get confused because they refer to it sometimes as the near third impact. Right, right. It was like a gray area and we didn't really know. And I think it was a jump between the two movies. So that it, it wasn't ever really described in any kind of detail before now i mean now yeah. we know why it was what it was yeah and we know that i i can't you know comment on how many people were affected we know that some people were you know injured died um but it's but we know that it seems like the largest impact was that it turned mostly everything into that horrified red that we see at the start of the film right. which you know, goes in line with what Genda was saying about the third one, purifying the earth. Right. Um, and, and so this one that we're trying to do now is going to do the souls. Right. And we also mentioned um, the Gendo's theory of like the collective intelligence of the human instrumentality project. He kind of goes into that too, right? During this whole monologue. Yeah. I mean, who, it wouldn't be even going without uh, explanation, <laughs> however small of the human instrumentality project. <laughs> Right. That we, but I gotta say, so I, I believe, was it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Miss M's father one of the founding fathers of the Human Instrumentality Project? Well, I, yes. So they talk about, Ka, uh, I'm like, I keep calling Kaji. What is Misato's father's name besides whatever? I don't know. I don't Captain Katsuragi. I, I don't think he ever got a nickname. So I, yeah, that's all I've ever known him as, but we know who you're talking about. But yes, and I'm assuming that he, you know, like the concept of it was 
created via the Dead Sea Scrolls. I'm I'm assuming that that's, you know, I don't, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know what you think, but I don't think that Misato's father came up with the Human Instrumentality Project on his own. He must have had some blueprint to go off right. of. Or he had done some research that led someone else to that end. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, and that's kind of where we're at. And, you know, we get the big wave, the purple wave of all these um, soul conglomerate things kind of starting to wash over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that um, the inf- Ava Infinites are in Infinity is the ones with the skulls that we see freaking everywhere. I don't know if they're the same ones in this purple stuff. I'm not sure. What do you think? Are they the same? I, I think so. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I, I am going to go on a limb and, and agree with you. <laughs> see, is it fun out on this limb? And uh, we find out that those are made up of past souls or, you know, souls that could be people. And uh, they are not in short number. No, it is very scary. It almost looks like, um, you know, like an avalanche, but instead of white snow, it's purple souls. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, at this point, then we get Gendo, like, freaking just straight takes out the Wunder by himself. Yeah. With just like a beam from his cracked face lava lamp thing. His perma glasses. <laughs> and he can fly. And he just floats on up to unit 13, pops in its mouth, and you know, we're we're ready to go. We got fruit of knowledge. We got fruit of life. We got Gendo at the helm. That's what we that's what he needs. Not good for us, though. No, no, no. We definitely do not want him at the helm of any ship by any means. When the purple wave is washing over everything, it looks so interesting. It looks like when the when I get the above shot, it looks like one of those like texture videos that I see on Instagram or something where it's all 3D generated, but it's mm-hmm. like meant to look like something real. Yes, yes, yeah. I like want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> it is very tactile esque, yes. Um, and so we get this tidal wave of the as it comes along, and you know, thank God for Vila with their um all containment pillars there because you know, our poor cute little village would have been wrecked, right. And I just, I want to make note here too that um, I, I think Labco and Miss M are, are a good team because I think when we're, when they're discussing all of the, the impacts of everything that's going to happen, pardon the use of that word, but um, I think that Miss M is more on the side of duty and Labco is more on the side of hope that things can get better. Whereas um, I think Miss M is more, you know, this is what needs to be done. Revenge kind of flowing through her brain. Um, so the duality there too is kind of interesting and their dynamic 
has always from the start been you know somewhat endearing they seem to be pretty good friends um but also they've worked together and have been under pressure together so i really i really like that relationship between the two of them uh yeah they're yeah during this they're a fantastic halloween idea oh wow for a couple of friends yeah hell yeah absolutely um, and this nifty little phone that Ritsuko has has a super helpful little diagram on it. Um, I implore you to pause and take a look at it. Um, it would pr- give you a nice visual- visualization of the stage that they're working with here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially um, a funnel. And they started from the very top of the funnel, went down. There's, you know, L containment waves, et cetera, et cetera. As it narrows down to the bottom, we have the doors of guff which have just recently opened and then as it continues down it inverts itself and opens up and that's what they are referring to as the anti-universe and i think we'll go into that a little bit more in the next episode Mm -hmm. um but that's something to uh ponder and think about okay noted so then we switch over and we have unit eight with mari going ham against some bad guys helmet off teeth eyes kind of creepy looking yes and i think this is the first time we see unit eight in that form you know um oh my gosh what's the word berserk oh yeah beast mode (laughs) yeah um and you know we get that for a little bit she's doing what she can uh, but then we, we get the dialogue between Misato and Shinji, which is great. Yeah, I mean, I, we got to mention that Shinji has now entered the conversation. And so shit's about to get real. I, I like to say father-son showdown. I'm, I'm calling it calling it here uh, yeah. based on everything. And, you know, this is a big deal for Shinji. Shinji's back, man. Sand yeah. behind his two gra- two gals ready to duke it out with Pops. Yeah, I mean, not only is he going to pilot an Ava again, but he is, you know, right with Misato here. And the way he's talking, he, he, I mean, <laughs> he spent so much time being the foot of the joke because he's so whiny and sad and on the ground. But this freaking 10 seconds of him being like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, holy shit. Shinji is the man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Way to man up Shinji. And I mean, we're talking, this kid was like semi catatonic, you know, for some period of time. And now he's back in it to win it pretty quickly. So he's changed gears pretty fast, which for Shinji, I mean, it took an entire goddamn series for him to wake the fuck up. And at least this time it happened a little bit sooner. Yeah. And Gosh, I mean, I would never say that, like, if I were to run into Shinji in an alleyway, I would be scared. But there's just something, and I I think it's a testament to how great the show and the movies and the content are, that once Shinji said that he's going to pilot Ava 1, I was like, oh, fuck, you bitches are done. Like, it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is the kind of signaling of something. And yeah, you're right. He's not, you know, super intimidating to look at, but he can fuck some shit up. Yeah. And, you know, Misato puts the DSS choker on him. And it was so 
Watching the third film the first time was so rough because we hate to see Misato and Shinji against each other, especially with no explanation. I would, you know, I remember watching the third one and being telling people about it, being like, you know, it's, you know, the animation's great. It's really good, but it's all new. It's, I have no idea what's going on. And knowing now that they're going to have this arc of Misato and Shinji growing apart and then coming back together right here, Mm -hmm. worth it. Yeah, it warms my heart. It really does. And, you know, I think all the previous scenes were kind of a setup for us um, to this point, you know, her seeing the pictures of him and her son. And, you know, I just I think this is all kind of culminating now into a better a much better relationship between the two of them, because, yeah, that whole second film was rough <laughs> when they were at odds. But, um, yeah, I think we're, we're coming back full circle now. Yeah, absolutely. And. You know, I don't blame everyone else for being mad and being like, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think, too, we, we mentioned this um, maybe toward the earlier portion of the film that, you know, there was a little bit of dissension in the ranks there. You know, there were some people who were pro Miss M and some who were not. Uh, and I think they were setting us up for what's about to happen because, yeah, I mean, making this decision is is loco in a lot of people's minds and so it, it, it's gonna cause a reaction for sure yeah and you know it another thing that doesn't go unnoticed is that it's not until this misato v shinji scene that we see uh, misato without her glasses on yes good call nick and I, you know, I miss those pretty brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> those dreamy brown eyes. Yeah. And, you know, her and him talking about how Shinji met Ryoshi and how he, you know, didn't spend a lot of time on it, but he really liked him. Like, it, it really was a very heartwarming moment. I may have gotten a little teary-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> it did pull on the heartstrings, for sure. You know, and Misato adamantly saying, you know, I, you know, Misato Katsuragi still have custody of Shinji Yukari. I'm going to entrust everything to him. Yes, that was, that was a little bit on the chilling side for sure. Yeah, I was like, fuck yeah, you are Misato. (laughs) 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 But Shinji's ready to do it. This is going to be Shinji's, you know, I won't say what, you know, Asuka aside and Rei aside, this is Shinji's battle now. And uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be one one for the books. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but Mari carries Shinji off so he can start doing their shit. Misato and team get back to work. Yeah, I mean, we kind of skipped over everybody packing heat around here. Um, everybody seems to have a weapon. Number one, uh, Miss M takes a bullet for him. <laughs> I mean, that's that's also pretty, you know, uh, it shows where her head's at. So, um, yeah, but we're 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 on our way here. We got work to do. I think that might be one, one of the last things she says. Yeah, I guess the uh, in the Vila employee handbook, you shoot first and ask questions later. Apparently, 
Apparently, everybody seems to have authority when they disagree and they just whip out their firearm. <laughs> but uh, don't worry, the bullets dissolve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, it's just for, gonna for impact. Gonna knock you down for a little bit, yeah. but you'll be fine mostly. Those rubber, those rubber bullets are fine. Uh, but right about here, um, as you know, Team Vila and Team Shinji slash Ava part ways. That's where we're going to be cutting it off for this particular episode. Yeah, it puts us uh, yeah, right about two episodes in. We got another what, hour, a little less than an hour, I think, in the last uh, bit of the film. So, um, yeah, but I, I, based on what we're seeing and the setup that we're getting, I think uh, we're going to have a lot to discuss. Yeah, and you know, the way that we record this, I, I don't have a timer from where we started, but I feel like this one actually isn't that much shorter than others. But yeah, no, <laughs> you know, but it's a thought that counts. Yeah, well, not only that, but it, it, there, there's a lot of content in this very small amount of time. Like we, we get a lot of backstory, and because, like you said, this is we don't really have anything else to draw on. This is just the information that we're getting. I think it's it's important to like absorb that. And so that we can, you know, be fully into it for the next, you know, for that last hour of what's going to happen. Yeah. So this is the end of our third part covering the film. We'll be doing the next hour-ish in two other episodes. And I have a feeling that they're both going to be, you know, your your classic expected full impact length, if not longer. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. For sure. And, and when you're telling your friends, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm listening to this podcast. It's covering this movie. And you tell them that they did it in five episodes. And they're like, that seems oh. like a lot. <laughs> How long is this movie? <laughs> this is why. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we do. We hope you are telling your friends all about this fantastic podcast that you listen to. Because I think I speak for both of us when I say that we really enjoy making it. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Um, I'm excited to uh, for the next two episodes. Hello. Do you got you got anything to add? Oh yeah, sorry. I thought I thought you were you were still going. I didn't no. want to interrupt you. No, uh, no. Um, I don't think so. If you got questions, you know, send them in. We the way that we record, you can still send in things after this post and get responses before the next episode comes out so if you got something to say you got a question you want to let us know that you were the first to listen to this when it came out let us know maybe we'll do a little shout out for you yeah absolutely i'd be happy to do that but uh you know the the outing the outro part that's that's all you that's your gig Oh, really? You're throwing it back on me. Okay. Uh, well, is, as you all are aware, I am one of your hosts, Allison. And with me, as always, is the incomparable Nick. Mm. How's that? That's, that's not bad. I'll take it. <laughs> decent. It's decent. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that is it for this episode. Until next time. Until next time.